Miss Heidi and Miss Robin for your ministry to us today on the instruments. Genuinely appreciate it. In our first message, we looked at the explanation of faith. We took time and looked at the differentiation of faith from the end of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. And then we looked at the description of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And we looked at that description. And, and I like uh, Chris Wells' definition of faith where he said, Faith is the solid, unshakable confidence in God which is built upon the assurance that He will be faithful to His promises. That is the kind of faith that I want to have. Amen. I trust that's the kind of faith that you want to have. Amen. So we looked at that explanation of faith, the differentiation, the description, the definition, the the decoration of faith is in verse number 2 of Hebrews 11. By it the elders obtained a good report. If there's any good thing about us, it will be because of our faith in Jesus Christ. But then also we looked at the deduction of faith. By faith, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. See, the, the person who has biblical faith looks around. It's amazing how the, the atheist says, I can't see God anywhere. And the, the person who has biblical faith says, I can't look around anywhere and not see God. Amen. In this creation. And so we looked at the explanation of faith. And then we looked at the faith of Abel. In verse number 4, we looked at the way of his faith. It was by faith in the Word and by the shedding of blood. We looked at the worth of his faith. It was a sacrifice. It was a shedding. It was a substitute. Remember Jesus Christ when he came, John the Baptist pointed to him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He was our substitute, ladies and gentlemen, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Aren't you glad the Lamb died in your place? Shed His blood for you. Amen. So it was a sacrifice. It was a shedding. It was a substitute. The way of Abel's faith. The worth of Abel's faith. Then we looked at the witness of Abel's faith. That he was righteous. That he had God's approval. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. You know, there are people that have been in heaven for decades who are still chalking up rewards. They're still speaking. Amen. And uh, glory to God for that. So the faith of Abel. We looked at the faith of Enoch last week. And we talked about how <clears throat> Enoch walked with God. And we gave you some principles for walking. We talked about how, hey, if you're going to walk, whether it's walk with God or actually physically walk, you have to be born. Amen? You have to be born again if you're going to walk with God. You must take nourishment. The Bible talks about as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word if you're going to walk. If you're going to walk, you have to crawl first. Amen? This is the process that God has set up. And we talked about in our spiritual walk how we, we don't feel like we're making a lot of gains. Listen, when children are little, they don't feel like they're making a lot of gains. Amen? But they are learning to crawl. We talked about this. Anybody who's going to walk needs help. They need help. There are people here that, that want to walk with God and just need a little help. You know, I was reminded of that, Brother Majors, uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were out there and we were talking and, and uh, you, you were buying one of the study Bibles. 
And we, you, you and I were just having a conversation, and you were pointing to this and this. I said, oh, here's how you use this, and that's how this works. And, and Brother Dave was like, oh, wonderful, you know. Just need a little help. Just needed a little help. Hey, by the way, there are no self-made Christians in this room. Amen. Not one. Every one of us had somebody who took them under their wing and helped them out. Maybe it was through encouragement. Maybe it was a little discipleship. Uh, but listen, every one of us needs help walking with God. Amen. I've been doing on Saturdays, uh, uh, I've been trying to do it. I think I've done it all five weeks this year. But trying to just post our Bible schedule on Saturdays on our church Facebook page. Uh, just in case somebody's gotten behind you say, why do you do that, Pastor? Just trying to be a help. Just trying to be a help. Somebody say, oh, you know what? I am four days behind. I'm gonna, there, there's the schedule. I'm going to get caught up. And uh, praise the Lord. Everybody needs some help. We talked about that. We talked about how you have to take baby steps. We talked about how when you walk, you'll stumble. We talked about how you just continue to go forward and you should enjoy the journey and, and enjoy some companionship. And you must be agreement with the person that you're walking with. So we talked about how Enoch walked with God and he pleased God and he was rewarded by God. Remember, he was translated that he should not see death. What a privilege. One day, by the way, there's going to be a whole bunch of people. I hope it's our generation. Oh, if we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we know he's with us. Amen. But sure would be awesome to be that group that Jesus says, come up hither, as it says in Revelation 4. and comes for his own. Well, this third person in the hall of faith of Hebrews chapter 11 is mentioned in verse 7, if you look at it there with me. It says, by faith, what's the next word, church? Noah. Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. This character of Noah is mentioned 54 times in the Word of God, 46 times in the Old Testament, and eight times in the New Testament. He's mentioned in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 24, verses 37 and 38, Luke chapter 3, verse 36. Luke chapter 17, verses 26 and 27, Hebrews 11, 7, 1 Peter 3, 20, and 2 Peter 2, 5, where it says, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. What, what can we learn about Noah's faith here? Well, by way of introduction, let's first of all notice the conditions concerning his faith. The conditions are, we read that verse in, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only, boy, every and only in that verse. Every and only. Just, just tremendous. Only evil continually. So what do we learn about the conditions uh, when Noah exercised his faith in God? You know what we learned? They weren't good. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. The conditions do not have to be ideal for you to exercise faith in God. Sometimes as Americans, we, we, we think about that. We think it's our right to have ideal conditions. 
You listen to me. There are Christians right now that are meeting in secret in China, exercising their faith. Now, I'm not saying I would like to do that. I'm not wishing, I have no martyr complex, but I'm telling you this, ladies and gentlemen, the conditions do not have to be ideal for you to exercise faith. They certainly weren't ideal in Noah's day. And by the way, didn't Jesus say to us in Luke chapter 17, verse 26 and 27, but as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. What were those days? Those were days of great wickedness, great sin. And yet Noah had faith. He, he exercised faith in God. So not only uh, do we see the conditions regarding Noah's faith, but we see the character of Noah's faith. It's found in Genesis 6, 8, and 9. And it simply says this, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. By the way, that doesn't mean he was sinless. That means he was mature. Amen. He was perfect in his generations. And again, like Enoch, the Bible says, and Noah walked with God. So his character was that even though the world was wicked, he was walking with God. Does that sound familiar, ladies and gentlemen? Those of you that try to read your Bible every day, those of you that try to stay away from the wrong things, try to stay away from the wrong programs, try to stay away from the wrong entertainment, don't go to certain places because you're a Christian. Amen? Sounds familiar. The character of Noah, the conditions of Noah... I think the challenge of Noah is, is found in James 1.27. I quoted this verse to Brother John DeLong yesterday. Pure religion and undefiled is this. Before God is this. To visit the fatherless and the widows. There, there's not a better thing you can do than visit an orphan or a widow. But then it says this. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. Despite the avarice and the apathy and the apostasy and the appetites and the awfulness around Noah, he was faithful. You know, I'm reminded of John Wesley, the story of John Wesley. It is said that John Wesley, who preached for, I think, 60-odd years and rode 30,000 miles on horseback, I don't even want to ride a mile on a horse, amen? Let alone 30,000, but I'm told that he, he would preach and, and lives would be changed. And, and when he began preaching, he stood on his father's tombstone and you could get drunk for a nickel in England at the time. And John Wesley began to preach and something happened. And literally, a uh, 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 hundred years later, someone came through a town and it was a dry town and they wanted to get a drink. And, and they, said, they said, sorry, we don't serve alcohol. He said, and he began to curse and swear and said, said, what's wrong with this blankety blank blank town? And a man stood up and he said, a man named John Wesley came through here a hundred years ago and preached the word of God. I think about old William Booth, founder of the actual Salvation Army. And William Booth stood in a, a, a highbrow church 
where they didn't like him reaching the derelicts. By the way, God deliver us from highbrow churches that don't like the derelicts being saved. That's who Jesus came to save. Amen. And without him, you'd be a derelict. But by the grace of God, there go I. And old William Booth, he stood and his wife stood up and they, they said, you either choose us or choose the derelicts. And his wife said to him, say no, William, say no. He said, I choose the derelicts. I choose the, the streets. Listen to me, by the way. Separation, and I believe, in, I believe in personal separation, and I believe in ecclesiastical separation. We don't, listen, we don't lock arms with every other church just because they say, they believe in a few things that we believe. Listen to me, we're not Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses believe abortion's wrong. They're against homosexual marriage. So are we, but we're not Jehovah's Witnesses. We're, not, we're, not, we're separated from some things. But I want to tell you this in regards to this. Separation is not isolation but rather contact without contamination. Let me say that again. Separation is not isolation, but rather contact without contamination. The key to a doctor's ability to help a patient is not to be contaminated by the ailment while he is trying to cure him. It is extremely important for the doctor that is working in the tuberculosis ward not to contract tuberculosis. This is the, this idea of separation. Yes, we are to be separate in some areas, but it's not that we're not to be around sinners. We're to try to reach sinners. You know, Noah was, he was around all this wickedness, but it didn't affect him. He affected it. You know, the Bible calls us salt and light. And both of those things, salt affects everything you put it on, and light dispels darkness. That's what we're supposed to be. So what can we learn about Noah in regards to here? What, what can we see about him and just, Lord willing, try to apply in our own lives? Um, if you notice there in verse uh, 7, it says this, By faith, Noah, being what, church? Warned of God. And that warning, of course, we read Genesis chapter 6 where it says, uh, in verse 13, it says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So what do we see here, first of all, in regards to Noah's faith? Number one, he received the warning of God. He received the warning of God. How did he do this? By faith. By faith. It simply was this. He had to trust, listen to me ladies and gentlemen, he had to trust that God said what he meant and meant what he said. You know, if Adam and Eve had trusted God like that, perhaps we'd still be in the garden. Right? Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this book is a book of warning. It, it, it is, listen to me, it is not all roses and clover. There is a heaven, glory to God. There is a hell. And they are both eternal. 
Until a man or a woman receives that warning of God and truly understands that people without Christ who die in their sins go to hell, they will never be saved until they receive the warning of God. Until they take God's warnings seriously. By the way, I've mentioned uh, again about the devotions that I've been doing with my boys through Proverbs. Uh, not just for my boys, but anybody really. Read Proverbs. Proverbs is full of warnings. He, he'll, give, he'll give a positive. He'll say, if you do this, this will happen. If you do this, you better watch out for this. Because this is just as guaranteed as that. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, Noah received the warning of God. Robert Sumner said, faith believes and thereby accepts God's announcements of judgments. Listen, let me, let me challenge you, church. I think the reason why we don't pass out more gospel tracts, and I think the reason why, and we, we, listen, we give a lot to missions. But the reason why we're not more burdened about that is we really don't receive God's warnings. We know people are going to hell here, but it doesn't get to here. Because when it gets to here, it gets to here. Say, what do you mean by that? Meaning, if it gets in your heart, it'll get you to, to people that are lost. It'll get you to people that say, I'm concerned about your soul. What if they don't listen? Then they don't listen. I think, ladies and gentlemen, this idea of Noah's faith was he received the warning of God. By faith, Noah being warned of God. So it is with the warning of impending judgment concerning man. The man who has faith receives the warning of God. By the way, the Bible says in Romans 12.3 that God hath appointed unto every man the measure of faith. There, listen, there's enough faith in there to trust God. Probably a little less than a mustard seed, Miss Kim, amen. But there's enough that says, you know what? I saw what God said. I believe it. By the way, you think this is why the devil works so hard to discredit this book? Because he knows if we get to believe in this book, we will receive the warnings of God. So number one, he received the warning of God. Number two, and, and really we spent a great deal of time on this point uh, last week, so I will not um, dwell too long, but in chapter 6, verse 9 of Genesis, it says, And Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. So number two, not only did Noah receive the warnings of God, but Noah walked with God. Walking with God is a byproduct of faith. See, you don't walk with God and then get faith. You start with faith, walk with God, and then your faith increases. But every, listen, everybody has a starting point. And the starting point is understanding you're a sinner, understanding that Christ died for you, receiving Him as your personal Savior. And then, we talked about that last week, being born, being born again. So, Noah received the warning of God. He walked with God. Number three. It says there in verse number 7, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with what? Fear. Fear. So not only did he receive the warnings of God and walked with God, but he moved with the fear of God. 
He moved with the fear of God. And, and by the way, how much did he move? The Bible says in, in uh, Genesis 6.22, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Again, he believed that God said what he meant and meant what he said. Forgive me, ladies and gentlemen. So he got busy doing what God told him to do. And by the way, that's what real faith will do. That's, that's the complementary passage of, Je- of James chapter 2, verses 13 through 26, along with the book of Romans. See, people have always thought that those passages conflict. That James says you're saved by works, and Paul says you're saved by faith. And it, it's just as simple as this. It really is. In God, To God, we are saved by faith. But in front of man, what shows man that we're saved? It's our works. It's our works. And Noah, listen, Noah believed God, and forgive me, he broke out the early hammer, and planer, and scraper, and saw and began to build that ark. But what was it that caused him to do it? He feared God. He feared God. Oh, I think about different passages where it says, uh, Jonah 1.9. It says, and he, and he said unto them, I am in Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. Acts chapter 5, verse 11, And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. Noah's faith not only caused him to fear God, but it caused him to get busy for God. He was moved, and it was the fear of God. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, there is so little of the true fear of God in our day. By the way, isn't that, isn't that the description of the atheist? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There is no fear of God before their eyes. We're going to talk about that tonight in, in uh, Psalm chapter 10. It ought not to be something that's said of God's people that we don't fear God. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I, I've said this so many times. He's not your buddy. He's, listen, he's not the old man upstairs. He is almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, and sustainer of all that is. And He holds your very breath in His hand. Your heartbeats are recorded in His book. He knows when the last one is. We ought to fear Him. Noah was given a nearly impossible task of building the ark, of calling all the animals into the ark. You know, what, you know what moved him? Fear. The fear of God. I've said before, and it's, you have Hebrews 11 there. If you're in Hebrews 11, look, look over to Hebrews chapter 12. Just, just probably a page there, maybe two. If you look at verse number 9, it, it's talking about uh, the chastening of God and how God, God uh, uh, disciplines His own children. And it says, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them what? Reverence. Shall we not ra- much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? You know that word reverence is that word fear. Fear. Listen. My dad saw to it when I was a young man, Brother Eric, that I feared him in a proper way. Not, not in the wrong way, not, not in a, a beating way or anything like that. But it was just quite obvious 
that I was his child and he was my father. The way, by the way, you want, you want to talk about a problem in America. Let's talk about fatherlessness. Hmm? Why? Because when we learn to fear our father, we learn to fear our father. Amen. Noah moved with fear, walked with God, received the warning of God, moved with the fear of God. This is not noted in Hebrews 11, but in another passage that we did read. He preached the word of God. As he's building the ark, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure those of us that have been to the ark encounter, it's a great place to go there in Kentucky, just incredible uh, to look at it, to consider it. But uh, I, I think that the general consensus is he had some help. It wasn't just him and his three boys that were building, perhaps had some carpenters in town and whatnot, and uh, I don't know, I'm not, not sure on that. But here's what the Bible says. It says in 2 Peter 2.5 that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He was a preacher of righteousness. It says in Genesis 6.3, God said, uh, the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for also that he is flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. Some people think that for, uh, it took 120 years for the ark to be built, and during that time, Noah preached. What did he preach? I can guarantee you what he preached, Brother Dan. He preached, God is going to flood the earth. Get on the ark. When, it, when I'm done building this, when this is done, get on. Save yourself, save your family. You know, that has always been the message of salvation. The ark is such a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ. Listen, you didn't have to build the ark. God commissioned the building of the ark. And all he said was, get on. And by the way, for people that think you can lose your salvation, you know what that's equivalent to of getting on the ark and hanging on to the beam? For 40 days and 40 nights and for two years until, until the flood was done. Just hanging in there going. <laughs> no, the fact that you're on the ark is good enough. You don't have to hang on to the beam. As long as you get in, you're saved. As long as you trust Christ. Does it mean you won't make mistakes? Oh, goodness. If that was the case, nobody would be saved. I love what Spurgeon said about that. He said, if my soul, if, 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 if my soul could fall away, I would be lost 10,000 times a day. Amen to that. He preached the word. He gave a message. Judgment is coming. Get in the ark. This is what God has prepared to save. You know what our message is? Listen, judgment is coming. Trust Christ. He will save. He will keep his word. He received the warning of God. He walked with God. He moved with the fear of God. He preached the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, he obeyed the voice of God. Hebrews eleven seven by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark. Just started building. By the way, I love the fact, Pastor Alex, he, he didn't have to come up with the plans. God told him how to do it, how to make it, how long it was supposed to be, supposed to pitch it within, without... Make sure it wouldn't sink. I heard somebody say years ago, the, the Titanic was built by experts and the ark was built by Noah. And one floated and one's at the bottom of the Atlantic. Amen? He just obeyed the voice of God. God told him what to do and he did it. 
You know, I preached a message years ago out of Genesis chapter 6 called Because I Said So. You remember despising that phrase as a child and then hearing yourself say it as a parent and going, did I just say that? Oh, I used to hate it when my parents would say that. Don't do that. Why? Because I said so. Oh! And then I catch myself. Clean your room. Why? Because I said so and because there's an infestation of whatever in there. Amen? Oh, because I, you know, listen, ladies and gentlemen. Because I said so. Amen. Not me. Not me. Not me as your pastor. Because I said so ought to be good enough. It, why, why should you read your Bible? Because I said so. Why should you pray? Because I said so. Why should you give? Because I said so. Why should you pass out gospel tracts? Because I said so. I mean, just fill in the blank, ladies and gentlemen. Because I said so. Listen, Noah just, listen, he just obeyed the voice of God. Can I tell you something? This is the written voice of God right here. Just get to obeying it. What about the parts I don't understand? Why don't you just obey the parts that you do understand? You'd be a lot better off. Maybe God will give you some more understanding about those parts you don't understand. He received the warning of God. He walked with God. He moved with the fear of God. He preached the Word of God. He obeyed the voice of God. He saved a people for God. Read it. Verse 7. Hebrews 11, by faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the what? The saving of his house. 1 Peter 3.20 says it this way, When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved. Genesis 7, 1 and 7 says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for I have seen thee righteous before me in this generation. And Noah went in, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. You know, I think every preacher, every preacher wants to succeed. I don't know any preacher that just, you know, got in the ministry and said, you know, I would just love to be a miserable failure. That'd be, that'd, that's my goal. No, nobody, nobody sets out like that. But I'll tell you this. I've seen preachers succeed, quote unquote, gloriously in large churches and lose their family. That is not a fair trade. That is not a trade I'm willing to make. If we succeed in church work, wonderful. But if I had a choice, I would rather succeed in my family being saved and serving the Lord. Now, maybe both, to God be the glory. Amen? Sometimes we, we look at Noah and we think, listen, he preached for all those years and only eight people got on the ark. But can I say this from Noah's perspective, from a preacher's perspective? They were the seven dearest people in the world to him. They were the people closest to him that saw whether his faith was real or not. He saved a people for God. 
You know, people around you need to know that your faith is real. It's not just Sunday faith. It's every day that ends in Y. Hmm? Those people at work, you might just be able to have a part in saving them for God. God does the saving. We understand that. Amen? We can't save anybody. But Noah saved a people for God. How about this one? This, this one's interesting. In, at the end of verse 7 there, it says, <clears throat> By <clears throat> faith, excuse me, <clears throat> Noah, being warned of God as things not seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world. So he, he not only received the warning of God and walked with God and moved with the fear of God and preached the word of God, obeyed the voice of God, saved a people for God, but he condemned the world by God. You know, this is a hard thing to think about, but faith condemns unbelief. You want the ultimate example of this in the Bible is Job. Job. Satan comes into God's presence. He was still permitted, is still permitted into God's presence, I believe, till midway through the great, when the great tribulation starts, he'll be kicked out of heaven and Revelation chapter 12 tells us. But Satan comes into God's presence and God talks with Satan. He said, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan said, oh yeah. Yeah, I considered him, but you got a hedge around him. And so he serves you, and he's glad to serve you because you protect him. But he said, you take down that hedge, and you let me at him for a few minutes, and we'll see if he still serves you. You remember what happened? God said, okay, I'll take the hedge down. But you can't take his life, which I believe in that passage also means his wife. Remember what happened? He lost his livestock, his livelihood, all the lives that were dear to him of his children. And what did he say? The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Satan comes again. God says, if you consider my servant Job, he said, oh yeah. I'll tell you what, skin for skin, every, everything that a man has, he'll give for his own skin, his own life. By the way, in many cases, that's true. Man will save his life for just about anything. Job didn't do that. Remember, he smote him. And he said, you know what God said? He said, even though you move me against him, he still holdeth fast to his integrity. You know, this world is getting so wicked that you know what bothers them the most? Is that you have faith in God. See, it used to be they said, well, you just keep that in church and we'll all be fine. Now that's not even... That, and I, I tell you what, if you couldn't see that coming 20 years ago, you weren't paying attention. Now, literally, I think about this, this player in the NHL that, that uh, simply would not wear a pride jersey during warm-ups. And all he said, he said, this is all I'm saying about it. He's a Russian Orthodox Catholic. He said, I want to be true to myself and to my religion. That's all I'm saying about it. And he has just absolutely taken a beating on that. Why is that? I'm telling you, the world is getting more and more wicked, and faith condemns unbelief. You know what Jesus said about it? For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. But then in verse 18 of John, it says, He that believeth on the Son is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen to me, there's only one who forgives sins. There's only one who has the power to forgive sins. And it's Jesus. And if you won't accept Him, you'll be condemned. If you didn't get in the ark, you were condemned. Anybody could have gotten in the ark. Remember, even in Genesis chapter 7, God gave them all an extra seven days after Noah and his family got in the ark. Received the warning of God. He walked with God. He moved with the fear of God. He preached the word of God. He obeyed the voice of God. He saved a people for God. He condemned the world by God. And then he was rewarded as an heir of God. H-E-I-R, heir. He was rewarded as an heir of God. It says right there at the end of the verse, he became an heir of God of righteousness, which is by faith. God said in Genesis 16, He said, I'll establish my covenant with you. And by the way, after a thunderstorm, we see God's covenant very often. It's that beautiful hijacked symbol. It's the rainbow. That's God's reminder of His covenant. And, and probably the most uh, striking reminder of that covenant was that He would never flood the world again with water. He is going to renovate it by fire, He said. He was rewarded as an heir of God. What, why? By faith. You know, one day, I, I don't know if any of you have ever read C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Tremendous allegory of the Christian faith. It's just a great book. I remember, I think it was a fifth grade, we, we read it as a class. And just, you know, the older you get, you go back to these wonderful stories. But you remember the, the four sons of Adam and daughters of Eve were the children that had accidentally bumped into Narnia and came. And remember what happened to them at the end? They became heirs. You know what the Bible says about you and I? One day we're going to be kings and priests in Jesus' kingdom. You say, why? Because we're so good? Goodness, no. That would be miserable. That, that I'm telling you, that would, you'd have to sit next to brother so-and-so at the marriage supper of the Lamb talking about how great he is. I don't think you can throw up in heaven, but I'd probably want to. No, we're going to be there because of our faith. Because at some point, we placed our faith in Jesus Christ. He washed us from our sins. And any good things in our lives that we did, we did by faith. He, as if heaven wasn't enough, He's actually going to reward us for our service, for our giving. Again, I always think of that passage in Luke chapter 17 where it says, when we have done all that which is our duty, we shall say, I'm an unprofitable servant. That's what it says. That's the way I feel. But by faith, Noah was rewarded as an heir of God. The lineage of Christ. Got the, the Noahic covenant. Which is 
such a, you know, you can look at it, read it. Genesis chapter 8, verse 9, about that Noahic covenant. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, by faith, Noah received the warning of God. Have you received the warning of God? If you're saved, praise God, you have. But how about concerning others? People around us that need to hear about Christ. Carry gospel tracts. Go out of your way to share Christ with them. How about uh, Noah walked with God? Are you walking with God? Again, we hit that last week pretty, pretty hard. Are you walking with God this year? Maybe you made that resolution a month ago and you kind of, okay, get back up. Start walking again. How about he moved with the fear of God? Does, does, does the fear of God move you to action? He preached the word of God. Amen. Again, what did he preach? He preached on judgment is coming. Get in the ark. People around you need to know that, listen, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. When the Lord returns, it's wonderful for those that have been raptured, but for those that have been left behind, my goodness, he obeyed the voice of God. Do you obey the written voice of God? He saved a people for God. Oh, I think about people all around us that need to be saved. He condemned the world by God. Listen, your, your faith your faith is a blot toward a lost, godless world. It's a, it's a condemning thing. That's not our business, by the way. Our business is just to exercise faith before God and please God. And he was rewarded as an heir of God. One day, ladies and gentlemen, God is going to reward his home. What a day that will be. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness to us and your blessings. Thank you for this character of Noah that we 